0: you're listening to the tennis.com podcast and here's your host ed mcgrogan Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Tennis.com podcast. A little bit of a break, but Steve Tigner and I are back to talk Madrid. And, you know, this is just the start of a pretty big gauntlet of of big clay court events. Really starts kind of the whole summer stretch, in my opinion. Um, Before we get into that, Steve, I wanted to mention a new feature we have on the site that maybe you've seen already. You, you listeners, past day or so. First ball in, Steve. Maybe you can kind of explain uh, what we'll be seeing going forward.
1: Yeah, I guess you would call that post. um, It's sort of a table setter. It's going to be each day, Monday through Friday. um, A look back at what had happened the day before. um, A look ahead. A little preview of the next day, and then maybe a look at a couple articles or sort of. Developments in the sport that that um, maybe we want to comment on, just to um, just sort of a centering point for the for the site on on what's happening each day and, and somewhere to go each day to to find out you know what's coming up what I might have missed um, so you know that's that's what we hope for from that post.
0: Yeah, there is there is a lot. I think you know we thought about this idea. There is so much you know that I think needs that hub to kind of really. Catch you up on you know so many different tournaments, events, news bits, and I also want to mention that we're going to be doing this when the tours are in Europe for the most part. We're going to post this after uh, the day's play, you know, right around four p.m. Eastern time, and when the tournaments come back to the states and play ends in the evening, you know, U.S. time, we're gonna you're gonna know, have this first ball and post the next morning. Uh, about 10 a.m. Eastern, so you can look for that. You know, at various times depending on where the tours are, but yeah, the idea is the same. You know, regardless, um, you know, let's let's get into Madrid a little bit here. And this morning, we got the latest withdrawal from the tournament. Even though this tournament is actually in its fourth day, uh, the way it's structured, we had a withdrawal on the men's side, a big one. Roger Federer pulling out um because uh he, you know, his wife Mirka is expecting uh their next child and actually the one thing I thought about this right away is that Federer you know he'll he'll miss Madrid he'll probably miss Rome I'm sure but it probably does eliminate the possibility of him missing the French Open
1: Yeah um I think in Monte Carlo he mentioned that he might have to miss some tournaments and then he was asked what about the French Open and he said well, if it comes to that, yes, we'll see about that. But he didn't, he didn't originally mention the French Open, so I think that probably seemed like a distant possibility for him. So, yeah, I think dropping out of this two weeks ahead of the French Open probably makes it more likely that he'll play, he'll play in Paris. And you know, that's obviously the one that that he would choose to play, choose not to miss. He hasn't missed, he hasn't missed a Grand Slam in close to sixty Grand Slams. So, um, so yeah, that that. In a way, for Federer fans, it might be good news that this is happening now.
0: I have to think that's kind of a record that he is, you know, I think proud to hold. To he did pass, uh, I think it was Santoro about a, a year or so back, um, if I'm not mistaken, with the most consecutive Grand Slams played. And and like you said, even though you know Madrid is a tournament that Federer has had pretty, you know, great success at. Um, you know, certainly any more shots he would have at Roland Garros is the priority there, and he, you know, he joins Djokovic on the outs for this tournament. Djokovic is out with a, an arm injury, um, you know. I think, of of course, also with with Roland Garros in mind, it, it certainly would be silly for him to kind of risk that. And he, you know, he really didn't look great in Monte Carlo when when he had that on. So you know, that leaves this men's tournament as you know. Sort of as usual, as Rafael Nadal's tournament to lose. You know, I think it takes on even greater importance for Rafa to kind of get back on track here. You know, what are, what are your thoughts on where Rafa sits in all this?
1: Yeah, I think that's true. I think especially if he plays Vavrinka now, it sort of becomes a tournament about Nadal and Vavrinka for the you know for the time being. Um, I think this is a real opportunity for Rafa to. To get a win, he, this was the first Clay Masters he won last year, and then he kind of rolled through almost to the rest of the season from here. Um, but I think a loss—I don't know if with if Djokovic's current status, um, his current sort of injured—and you know, it's a little tentative to say what's going to happen with him. I don't—I don't know if that makes this as essential for Nadal to. You know, he, I think the idea overall would be to at least keep pace with Djokovic. And I think he's doing that. You know, I think I think this is more of an opportunity for him. If he doesn't win, I don't think it's a, you know, it means he loses more ground to you know to the other top players. Then again, a match with Vavrinka that would be an interesting match, and that would have repercussions if that's the final.
0: You know, that's true. That that might be the only instance where I would see it as a really a, a telling point about Nadal is if he does go up. Against Vavrinka, and you know, I think a lot of people are moving Vavrinka into you know, you know, short of Djokovic and and Nadal, you know, you know, maybe he 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 most likely is at this point the you know the the third in in command for you know really for predicting the French Open there and and, and but otherwise I think the point does I think you're sort of alluding to this is the point needs to be made. That even if an adult, you know, does not win this, um, it would be pretty surprising if he did not go into the French Open with any tournament win. I have to say that would be un- that would be just inconceivable. Just a few weeks ago, but but the French for Rafa is a totally different animal, as we've always seen, and and you know, Rafa did enter that point of the of the season two years ago. Are three years ago after those losses, Djokovic and you know it was you know I guess no worse for the wear when it came down to it in the end. Um, yeah, you know
1: the French open its own its own since it's such a long event in itself. It seems like sort of everything else is instantly forgotten once you not instantly forgotten, but but it becomes like a a new little season of its own, and the and the you know the the other masters kind of fade away, and and it becomes about how well you're playing in Paris.
0: Yeah, yeah. To me, I think the most, you know, the takeaways I'm looking for this week, I think I think Stan is a big one, of course. I, I'm also curious to really see what players like um, Ferrer and Almagro do. You know, they have just beaten Nadal in the past month. Um, you know, obviously the draw is a little less imposing without, you know, the two Djokovic and Federer names eliminated. Um, you know, I, I think it's a tournament where we will see probably a, um, you know, perhaps an an unlikely entrant into the into this weekend. And you know, we, usually you can't figure out who it is, but you know, maybe it's one of those two guys that that kind of find their way in. Not that Ferrer is Lover, of course, but it, it, uh you know, it would depart from I think the conventional Novak Rafa that we've expected for so long.
1: Yeah, you also have to look at Andy Murray um who's in was in Federer's quarter, does he take is this an opportunity for him? And I was watching Ernest Golbus this morning and and Dolgopolov people like that, they're down on the Djokovic side. Do they, you know do they is this a chance for them to get to a semi or even a final of a of a of a masters, you know? So we'll see.
0: The um yeah the women's side of this I uh I contrast it with the men's in 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 a big way in that you know, as you mentioned, leading up to this, the men, the women's draw gets yeah. You know, there's no buys. Um, it's a really strong draw. There's really top matches. You know, I think right away, um, you know, I think in the you know in the first round we had you know you covered Bouchard, um, and Radwanska. You know, we're gonna see, you know, coming up tomorrow. I believe you know have Lee and Stevens. We're gonna have a pretty impressive slate really from the get go. Um, yeah, you know, even though this was a women's event that started uh, this past Saturday, um, and I always wonder—you know—it's it, I think it's been talked about—you know—from I think a general perspective that that in Europe the you know the women do sort of get the short shift on on these events here. I think it, I think it's a little more pronounced perhaps, even though you know we have moved toward the dual gender clay masters or clay tournaments. You know, I, I would like to see. I think this is a good t- opportunity for the WTA and its players to really, you know, assert their, uh, you, you know, what their product in contrast to kind of a down men's tournament.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. This is probably as close as you get to the to the feeling of a of a WTA Masters event. You know, with everybody, pretty much everybody there, everybody except Azarenka, um, the men. Not as many as of the big names. Obviously, you take Feder and Djokovic out. There's a couple of marquee names gone. Um, but and then on the women's, you still have Serena, Sharapova, Ivanovic, um, Redwanska, Sloan, Lina. You know that this, yeah, like you said, this is a chance for them to um, to you know to to really generate some interest and also I think one of the reasons in Madrid that they, they've never really gotten good court times. Or good court placements for the women. It's usually early in the day before a lot of the fans are there, and that's still been true this year. Maybe you know, maybe that with the a, with a few less big men's names to fit in, maybe that you would hope that something that that could change.
0: Uh, what What have you seen thus far from watching over the past few days? It's, it's mostly been women's to star We we got um, you know the ATP slate coming the past couple of days. Yeah, this morning I saw we had some nice men's matches as well. Fognini, Dolgopolov. But what what have you seen pretty much over the first three and a half days in Madrid that's caught your eye?
1: Well, um, yeah, this morning Golbus beat Janowitz in three sets. Dolgopolov was actually impressive against Fognini in that he kept his concentration. Fognini was doing his usual—he's you know, up to his usual antics. He he um, he grabbed. The chair umpire at one point he, he he tried to um he tried to have somebody removed from the crowd but um and you know Doug kept his concentration I think that that you know that was a good sign from him um on the women's side you know I the I was impressed today by um I wasn't impressed by the way Sharapova played but she came back from 4-1 down to mikhail um you know she completely turned it around there so she's you know, she seems to be in in pretty good form, um, as far as you know, her confidence and her and winning after Stuttgart last week, and also the same for David Ferrer. Like you said, he, you know, he beat Rafa a couple of weeks ago. He sort of has a year. It's sort of been a year where it seems like he's going to fade away, and then he doesn't quite do it. He was down six two in the first set tiebreaker to Ramos today, and and then he came back and won that. So, you know, he's still. Still a name to be reckoned with.
0: Yeah, it's it's true about Ferrer that uh, yeah he still has made he still has not fallen off the map there not even close at uh, I think close to thirty two by now in age I, I could be off by a year there but um, you know this is the time of year he obviously makes hay. there there are a lot of important clay events coming up in the next three weeks of course in. You know, in about a 15-day span, we're going to see the conclusion of Madrid, the the entire Rome tournament, and as everybody I think knows by now, a Sunday start at Roland Garros. And you know, as I said in the beginning, it is it is definitely a gauntlet of of, of important tournaments, of matches. Um, you know, it seems to me like it, it's it's kind of another example of you know the tennis getting in the way of practicality in the schedule. I'm, I'm sort of reminded of that after watching the, the the Rangers in hockey play five games in seven days. That sometimes you know common sense doesn't get in the way. You know common sense does not prevail when there are so many entities. And you know it's a lot to ask. I think really you know there's uh, there's excitement to be seen from Madrid and Rome back to back. But overall, I do think it's you know sort of a too much too soon. Yeah, I think most of
1: the players and, and even fans would tell you that a week in between Madrid and Rome would be ideal. They obviously just haven't been able to find it with Monte Carlo still there, another Masters. Um, this is the, this point, this weekend when you go from when you go straight from Madrid, everybody goes straight to Rome. You know, this is this. There's a couple other points in the year like that where it, one of the tournaments eventually suffers. Um, it's tough to have two in a row where everyone where everyone's at the top of their game and also the French Open starting on Sunday, that's also something where I think a lot of people consider overkill, you know it's good for fans who who, um, who can't get there during the week but it is, it does make the event seem, you know you've got two weeks already, it does seem at least in my opinion to be to be too much
0: yeah, you on that um Steve, we will look for the next first ball in later today throughout the week, as we said. um, Plenty of coverage in Madrid and the rest of the clay circuit on Tennis.com. Thank you for listening. Tennis.com. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.